0: Interesting about this director, and it's the only thing.
1: Yeah, I want. I like to hear about why directors change their their names to Smithy for a movie. I couldn't find that out. But okay. I mean, you get yeah. In 1989,
0: John John Travolta wrote a film and 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 starred in it called Chains of Gold.
1: Never heard of it.
0: Yeah, the film was not released until 1991 and only theatrically shown in Germany. It debuted on cable television in the United
1: States. Oh, you know what? Let's see if it's on YouTube. Okay,
0: so Chains of Gold is what it's called. It's John Travolta's, like, only attempt ever to, like, you know, he always gets cast and stuff. And he makes it his own, but you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, and he's actually kind of open to, to do a lot of films. Just, you know, he's one of those film superstars that just appears in as much slack as possible. Right. Now, this is
0: um, You know, like, you're right about that. Like, Jeff Goldblum is one of them. And, like, they only are in the big movies John travolta was in saturday night fever and Greece, right. which donnie murray could have been in and you know like there's so many iconic films he's in you know xanadu tanked but but anyway let me get back to this film um this is bambi okay and she has a reputation for like sleeping her way through school you know she slept with all her teachers slept with the doctors So they're all, like, pretending to be doctors. Get it? And he's promising to help her with her studying in school because he has a method and a technique, and he's going to take her to a private room and show her. Okay,
1: you set up now. I am. Hey, I have some good news, bad news. Chains of Gold is on YouTube. Okay, you're right. That's exactly right. That is good news, bad news. Oh, boy. Oh, but the bad news, it's two hours and one minute and 28 seconds.
0: Oh, that's the bad news. I thought the bad news was that
1: I was going to have to research it. Well, the bad news is we can't do it because it doesn't fit our format. It has to be yeah. an hour and 50 or less. Yeah, okay. Ooh, Maybe we'll have to do an extra long episode. How's that going to work? Um, We'd go long. And gets cut off
0: by the podcast feed. Okay, so love interest, potential wife, girlfriend shows up while he's making time with Bambi and he's gonna
2: get caught.
1: Oh, he's right by the window. Honk, honk.
2: Oh. Goodness,
0: were you just, what was that honking noise? Nothing.
3: Did you squeeze?
1: No. I did. Were you uh, a ing me? Because I heard a uga, and I was <laughs> just wondering. <laughs> Don't oogle me. I uga.
0: That counts as, uh, that counts
1: oogle. as a that. I uga. Google. Google. Yeah, it has I-o-go. the same letters. A You know, Google was originally called Google, is where you could look at pictures of women. <laughs> yeah. Right. for yeah. uh, People didn't like that, so they had to change it. So he follows no, her pros. into
0: the girls' room.
1: This is, like, from the trailer. He's like, I, can't you see them having a private conversation?" Conversational? But I thought this was going to be, like, the hotel, like, the hospital. Excuse me. You know how hotels and hospitals are interchangeable.
0: Uh, yeah, except you don't check out of hospital. Yeah. Okay, so he's sunk. You know, the girl he really likes. Okay, here's our ambulance guy again, and he's always doing the joke about the uh, vending machines. And to tell you the truth, I'm not sure if he's really an ambulance guy or he does work on the vending machines. The, 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 the movie's not clear. Okay, so here is Will Smith, producer, who's the dean's lackey. And the joke is everybody runs away from him. He goes to talk to people, you know, like, sign our petition, join our thing. And they all, like, avoid him. Listen, you need to say see High Plains Drifter. Am I going to have to send that to you for Hanukkah?
1: Yeah, sure.
0: Okay, if I sent to you, go see whales, High Plains Drifter, a few dollars more, the good, bad, and the ugly, you check them out.
1: Well, there's only four nights, Carl. I, I'm not trying to sound greedy, but Hanukkah is eight nights. Oh. <laughs> fine i'm gonna send you alan smithy you need to give me four more movies so yeah of course I you, you send me anything if you send me those four movies i will watch pale drifter and uh, high plains uh rider and uh, and, uh josie un- unbelievable that was a great movie where he was an old cowboy and he had to face his past it was like unbelievable <laughs> they're like hey are you Clint Eastwood? Didn't you cold-blooded shoot a bunch of people in your youth? Yeah, it's unbelievable. <laughs> and it won an Oscar, remember that? Now like, look, I
0: gotta tell you, right? Yeah. that character was a beat-up old man. He really was. It was the end of the period on the end of the sentence. It was the closing the chapter in all those movies he did. It really he was that guy before, and now like he fell in love with this woman. And she changed him of his wicked ways. And then he, you know, well, anyway, you you shouldn't see it before you see the other ones. All right, here's the ambulance driver. And he's pretending to be like a speaker from bullshit, bullshit university and (laughs) trying to raise money for this one guy who's uh, really hurt. I don't know. It's just a... Dumb ploy. The, ooh, there's Bambi. They're doing it all the way through. Up, oh, he's hiding from Bambi.
1: So this is again like with comedy, you uh-huh. know. There's usually like segments or there's like episodic bits, but it's that. a scene. Something happens, right? They make a scene. Right. You know, Jerry Lewis walks in, trips on everything, everything collapses. That's the scene.
0: That's hilarious. Okay,
1: hi. Oh, scene like this. This man. is a scene. He likes- hi, Bambi. whoa, 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 whoa. Crash.
0: Now that's Miami Vice guy.
1: Oh, man. Hey, this movie has no budget. If it had a budget, we would have seen the crash in three different angles. Exactly. With sound effects. We just, we just saw the reaction of people going, I can't believe it.
0: So now what they're essentially doing is scamming people out of their money. At a medical school, no one has money. And and they're saying it will be reflected in your records. You know, donations are voluntary, but they'll be reflected in your records. They're, they're just doing. Uh, let me tell you something else. Um, okay. The guy who's sitting there pretending to be the hurt guy, his name in the movie is Barfer. Okay. That's Tommy <laughs> Koenig. He's known for Dracula and... What dead and loving it ninety five celebrity death match, and he had a little run on Miami Vice in nineteen eighty four. The only other interesting thing is he did the voice some voices, in, the new Scooby Doo mysteries.
1: <laughs> oh, but that's the only interesting. Listen, you know, yeah. uh, if it wasn't for those additional voices, there would be no additional voices on Scooby Doo mysteries. You know, you exactly. Gotta give it up. This guy, he was a okay. Now look.
0: They're handing out, like, they're, you know, give the money. I mean, they like, church. The people who are, yeah, like, in doing the put your money in the church basket, they work uh, for the school. They're not part of the scam. They don't know what's, I don't know why they're there and doing it. I don't,
1: it. I don't, why would you scam, like, medical students? I mean, I guess because they're, maybe, they're rich, but maybe they're not.
0: yeah. I don't know. It's a dumb movie. Know. It's a dumb scene. Okay. There's yeah. something you'll like because you're Mike Spiegelman. You I think yeah, okay. writers, okay. One of them was called Michael Chocquet. Michel Choquet. He's a. Oh, is he from
1: National Lampoon? Yeah, exactly. He was, so, I think it was the photographer, the pretentious photographer who did Hitler in the Bahamas. <laughs> it could be, but. Okay. Oh, you know what? I wonder. I take that back. There was a guy, I might have been Michael Turlett, who not only did that that centerfold of, of Hitler enjoying his post-war life in, in the Bahamas, uh, but he had something called like the Wednesday... It was like the Sunday Funnies. It was this oversized underground collection of comics. Oh,
0: you know what? I read about that and didn't copy-paste that.
1: Because I thought, yes. and that's not interesting. That's <laughs> the same guy? That's really interesting. What's yeah. going on here? So he was there. It was seventy through seventy four.
0: He was a contributing editor for seventy seventy one, Associated, or seventy two, and then back to a contributing editor seventy three and seventy four. Now the other guy who wrote this thing was sort of like, okay, his name is Michael Hesoreneck. Now after graduating New York University in seventy four, he became writing partner to former. National Lampoon editor Michael Ch- Choquet. But check Mike. this out, Mike. He is the president of Lions Gates Films today. Lions Who? Film. For- The second writer, neck? the the Michael Passor neck Michael Choquet is the cool one, but the other Michael went on.
1: You don't think running Lion Gate is cool? Get to hang out with Freddie and Medea. What? He, Lionsgate, man. Oh, so, yeah. um,
0: no, I'm saying, he, okay, okay.
1: So, so, Mike, Michael, what was the other gentleman? Michael Chollet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he wrote one. He edited one of my favorite books. This is insane. It's called the someday Funnies. Okay. So not the some Not the Sunday Funnies. Sunday. And he has so many cartoonists to do like a parody of like. Know, like a newspaper comic strip, or just as a contribute, and uh, I it, and they never released it oh, until okay. like until maybe 2021 or something like that. so 2011. Excuse me, 2011. Oh, okay. they, they, they released this oversized collection of some of the best artwork from like you know Mobius and Jack Kirby. I'm, I'm looking at the list right now, it's Art Spiegelman, No Relation, uh. He, uh, they all contributed like these full-page, color, uh, oversized things, and and they finally released it. And it's a really good book. So I, I give credit to this guy. I like them. Yeah,
0: and he gave us a horrible film here, but I don't know. I think he was just doing a
1: job. He did. He gave us film. Film is teen sex comedy. Teen sex comedy has checklist. This, this, this. There's no fat guy, right? There's no fat guy yeah, eating off his shirt.
0: Hey, that's right. That's right. Okay, I just want to tell you that they helped Revenge of the Nerds guy out studying instead of going off to party. And that lets us know that they're just having fun. They're great guys. Okay, now he's charging everyone a buck to enter there. Okay, so in the medical, uh, when they were scamming them to get money, uh, he changed where the women would be uh showing up to do their exams. You know, it's part of their class. They examine each other. And he switched it to be a top list thing. And now he's charging everybody one buck to go in there on like a two-way mirror. Why would they have a two-way mirror?
1: You know what? I'm I want my money back from Blockbuster. I paid two ninety nine to watch these women. <laughs> I'm not, I was not kind. I did not rewind. I did not call me passive aggressive, but this time I did not rewind. i was unkind
0: (laughs) yeah that's passive aggressive is exactly right okay please disrobe immediately
1: i don't know it was was funny well so we we've seen like uh do you remember a movie we watched years ago called hamburger the movie yeah Hamburger hamburger the movie and we saw hot dog too Right. Well, Hot Dog was a skiing movie, but Hamburger was a McDonald's university type yeah, of school. With, with with dormitories. So if you wanted to manage a McDonald's, not only did you wow, holy shit. Uh here's my dollar here's my two dollars blockbuster. <laughs> so and you can see Toshi's having problems with it. Right, of course. I blame these movies. I blame these movies on Ben Ben Wilder, one of my least favorite movie franchises.
0: Now, some of these actresses are real medical students, and that's why some of these tits are real tits.
1: Did they find it in like Playboy June 85 issue of Girls Ador <laughs> Girls Who Go to College and talk to us?
0: So now they're about to get busted and Parker Stevenson's like, we're conducting a behavioral emotional study. He goes like, oh, carry on.
2: Nice. Yeah. Hong Kong.
0: Now you see, they look at a girl's boobs and then they rate them like as if they were like Olympic divers. They have their numbers. 2.0, you guys are rough. 1.6. Now here comes Bambi. And she's the one, they all know.
1: Whoa. Uh, well, so there's a reason for all this. What is it? Well, I mean, this is the storyline. There would be no story if they did Yeah, they're just creeping on girls. It's creepy.
0: Now there's uh, like a crash
1: or a noise or something. And then it's like, what, what, what? What? Well, this is Porky's. They would stick their dick in the hole. <laughs> She's got it. She's going for it. What was his name? That little kid? Just
0: keep it. She's got it. Remember it was Tula? Grabbed his dick.
1: Yeah, right. That was so funny. Okay, yeah. so they
0: heard a noise, and they're like, eh, whatever. Because they whatever. always do that in movies and never in real life. Now they're bu- they're going to be busted. And who is it? It's potential love
1: interest. Right, of course. This is called story develop, uh, character uh, development. development. Now, her name is uh, Robin Dearden. And what's great
0: about her is she would go on to marry Brian Cranston, Breaking Bad guy. Nice. Yeah. She, she made an <laughs> appearance in there. They met and they got married. Uh, she's known for Magnum PI, Breaking Bad, Chicanery. She was on the TV show The Croft Super Show, which was a piece of shit. Saturday morning the Croft super
1: show was excellent. <laughs> of course. Come on, man. Where else are you gonna get your puppets, right? Right. The Croft show is British, man. Crafts are American. You know what those yeah. are? She must be a lead in the movie because she's not taking she's still not topless. Right, that's right. She's in
0: uh SAG. Because, if your boobs are saggy, you
1: could just say you're in sag and you don't have to do it. I didn't know, did not know that. That makes sense. If your boobs are in sag... <laughs> no, but if they you have, have boobs... Know, let's suppose you're just sa- want to be topless because your boobs sag. Your joint, you join... Your, bo- your yeah. boobs have to say at least three lines of dialogue before getting it to sag. Okay, this is... The Here we out- go, the unknown out- comic. Now, how'd you know? You said it like ago minutes ago.
0: Oh, no. Nancy, what is it? This isn't the uh, time. I have
2: a small favor to ask of
0: you. Okay, so Nancy is going to get back at the boys for looking at the titties. He's going to send him to the... uh, (laughs) He's going to send him to the boys' uh, uh, examination. And he's going to make them all drop their drawers. And he's going to basically do funny, funny things about their dicks now this is the only funny leave it up the whole scene mike this all is right. the only funny part of this
1: stupid movie right. okay. Muni radio studios consists of my phone next to the uh laptop speaker let's stop our
2: complaining <laughs> and drop your pants now <laughs> it's time to make sure
1: we're all men
0: No, he's such a good actor. He starts off slow and slow. All
1: right.
4: That's a little cold, huh? Yeah, it'll warm up in a little while. All right, cough. <laughs> now, one more time. <laughs> up again? Pulling at this cough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, yeah, that's really a myth, huh? <laughs> hey, brother, give me five. Oh, looks like about nine there. That's pretty good. All right, cough. <clears throat> Let's form an Oreo cookie, what do you say, sometimes? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> hey, a farm boy. All right. Well, it looks like you've been uh, overworking that little pecker, huh? Nothing left there but stretch marks. All right, golf.
0: Never mind, farm boy. Give me a. Pat. Oh, I love you. Oh,
4: oh, what? There's nothing there. It's a damn shame. What do you use? Tweezers when you take a leak? All right, let's go for it, golf. Do you feel anything? No. Me neither. There's nothing. There. Oh, hey, where's the beef? Oh, oh, oh. That was
0: the trailer. Oh,
4: Just went. Out of my mouth. Up there somewhere. Oh, you are a big sucker, too. Looks like you could kick this shit out of me. Yeah, that's what the think
0: of that. Oh, that was, he's of all the thing. way in it. Now.
4: You know you're beautiful when you're angry. You really are. Cough okay? Cough louder! Oh, I love what you dominate. Oh, heaven can wait! This must be a man called Horse.
2: Let me guess, let me guess. Eight inches right from the floor. Hold <laughs> oh, oh, me Friday with
0: no furniture. It's your turn to call me. Oh, <clears throat> talk dirty. Fuck you. <laughs> okay, now I when
2: go it gets here, I know it. it's not
0: gonna happen. <laughs> uh huh. Got what? it. What?
2: Well, he was,
1: nice going, unknown comic. Thumbs up. Nice. Let's give it up for the unknown comic. Just walks in
0: and walks away with the movie. Now, of course, you can guess he was a protege of Chuck Barris. Um, he's an actor and a writer. He was in Night Patrol, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, Wishful Thinking in 1990. <laughs> a regular guest comedian on the show, Make Me Laugh in '79. Yep. Both as the unknown comic and himself appearances in the dating game you know it's all getting to know chuck Barris and getting cast by him Gave well, he him a was a nice also,
1: little career imagine the 1970s comedy circuit you could do shit like that because there were only you and 11 other white guys right that's it right, and you, right. you do like crazier like prop stuff or you do like just more esoteric stuff because you have the it's either that or just kind of that routine but you know, he did that. I saw him on uh, crackall Streaming has the Comedy Store, which is not related to the Comedy Store. Oh, a TV nah. show where it's, it recreates a '70s nightclub experience, and they would have like Lane late They would have like really like you know in their prime, and they had the unknown comic, and it's amazing stuff. You know, he's also kind of ra- he did a he, he did an impression of Leon Spinks, where he put on a uh, garbage bag uh, paper bag with blackface. And Ooh. the joke is that he had the teeth that were like kind of separated a bit. Oh. So, yeah. Well, now, race. that's
0: not about race. That's about Leon Sphinx
1: because you don't. Know, I, 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 I think race. it's yeah. about eating, eating your cake and having it too. That's what it's about. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I was making fun of racism. Well, well no, but. The, what's what's joke right. the joke the hypodermic needle? Okay. So, they're going to have a
0: pageant. Okay. Because that's what we do in medical school, right? We right. have time to have a pageant. Does anybody ever pick up a beaker or pour a test tube into another test tube? What's going on? So there's going to be a pageant, okay? And they're going to have costumes for it and everything. And Toshi has the first prototype or something. Okay, so now this guy's like, oh, you go go on and have fun. I'm going to pine for my girlfriend and lick my wounds. And he's like... Gives him a pep talk. Come on, if if she don't want to know it, forget her. The boys are back in town. The boys are back (laughs) in town. So he went.
1: You know, he convinces him. Colonel, I have a question. Question. In the beginning of the movie, we meet these three gentlemen, her gentlemen, and their heads were shaven. Yeah. No, they were wearing bald head wigs, and you could really tell on the back of their
0: necks the stretchy plastic bald head wig. Yeah, you could really
1: can't go over Parker Stevenson's hair. (laughs) <laughs> that's right Sean Cassidy was the other he, one. Was, he could have really been a
0: heartthrob he really could have I mean Sean Cassidy was he rode that coattail and he was a teen heartthrob but I'm saying right. he could have continued that on you know he could have been a Rob Lowe or something but he didn't he could have been a young Tom Cruise he didn't do it he, he
1: reminds me of Dirk Benedict from The the Face from the A-Team oh oh
0: uh, I know that name only from the movie. You know, the A Team. Even I thought it was shitty Even then, I, I never
1: right. really checked it out. But did you ever see? Uh, was in Did you? It. Well, he was in Battlestar Galactica, the seventies version, and he was also in Underground Aces, Underground Aces, mm. the movie, which is about a parking lot. Uh, a parking lot. A parking lot. Well, it's like they're underground parking. They're uh, underground aces. The crazy
0: things that go on there.
1: It's cheap to film in underground parking (laughs) lots.
0: Did you ever notice how everyone says, like, their office job could be a sitcom? Uh Uh-huh. You've heard that, right? Oh, yeah, sure. But it's like, the drama in their sitcom is stuff like, Frank got caught with crystal meth again. Like, it's just different. You know what I mean? They're wrong. It couldn't be, uh... Sally
1: is banging the boss. Man, I'll tell you, like, sitcom, work sitcoms are the most insidious things in American culture. It's saying, listen, you know that job where you have to work hourly? That's your new family. Yeah. In a sad way, it's true, you know? But in in other ways, it's a little, I guess it's like if you don't like working there or you don't like the boss, then it becomes really kind of like, now, so Jeffrey it's just... Lewis, the guy who's the
0: High Plains Drifter guy, the guy who pa- repairs – uh, yeah. ben- he had some of that. He was on Alice, the spinoff called Flow. Right. And it was their job. Now, the joke here is this guy is like a hunk, okay? So they're like, I'm going to examine you, and all the women are getting hot and bothered. Right. And it's kind of a little funny. Now, I thought at first that this guy was like there would be something about him, like he was Mr. Olympian. He used to be on Lost in Space. He was, But no, no, he's just some dude in LA who went to a cattle call and got the
1: gig. Lucky him. I would just watch this scene every night. I never mean, played in the movie where all these women stare at me. So look, they're examining his pee-pee. Painting. Painted into the other hallway. Brian, she hasn't
0: met brian cranston yet
1: right brian's cranking
0: (laughs) hey that's funny because he made mess brian's cranking so she was also in breaking bad uh it's not the woman talking right now but no she appeared in a breaking bad thing i don't know i don't know their whole backstory i don't even know that that's where they met
1: no they probably met it before
0: well, it's like, I was researching this movie, and I'm trying to find interesting things. I can't find a Star Trek connection. So I'm like, okay, this guy did John Travolta's crappy movie. That's interesting. Okay, this guy, you know, this guy was on Concord Airport 79, a movie we did before. I'm just digging for stuff here.
1: No, this is the bottom of the barrel. This movie was like two on the nose zoom back back in the 85. It's just every, like, you know, it's it just... This genre movie it's played itself. out. Yeah. It eats Yeah. It's it's, its own. Some zero yeah, is writing this movie as it as it continues. It's
0: like appearing in the movie Barbershop. Come on, man. What are you doing?
1: Oh, I like Barbershop. What? And Barbershop two, uh the next day. No wait, it was Barbershop. <sighs> uh and the next step, next cut. That was good. You know, the last barbershop movie I saw, which was the last movie, it was shot in Georgia, which was great for a movie that's <laughs> supposed to take place in Chicago.
0: Okay, here comes Herpes Girl. So they're going to get him on a date with the Dean's lackey.
1: That's so mean. I know. Everything about that is just mean. Yeah, it is. It's- they don't respect her. They don't respect him. They don't respect. All right, fine.
0: Let's go back to Green Acres guy. You remember Green Acres Guy?
1: Yeah, it's the place to be.
0: Do you think he banged Eva Ev, Eva Davor?
1: No, Eva? I think I think they were very professional, and he went back to his trailer and back to his home and uh-huh. doing jaw jaw stuff, or whatever.
0: Now he was that awful Eva. warden in 1974's "The Longest Yard," the Bruce, uh, the the um. Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds one, yeah,
2: yeah.
0: Uh, he was on Falcon Crest. He had a recurring role. You know, the, the, like, opposite Jane Wine, Wyman. Um, he's you been know, around. He was in Concord. We saw that. We had something yeah. to say about him then. And in that Concord episode, we sang Green Acres theme song. How can you not? Only six lyrics. And can you not? Okay. Jesus. What they're doing now is just, you know, a la Animal House. They're breaking into the Dean's thing in the middle of the night. And they're finding, not test results, but they're finding that a big fundraiser party is going to be thrown at his house on Saturday. So they're really going to fuck with him. Right now, this whole scene is just him saying, Oh, if I get this
3: man's money,
0: oh, the sky is the limit for the university. And that means for you and me, darling. You know, it's
1: just. Nothing to can go that. wrong. For my big party of Saturday. That's
0: right. Nothing will go wrong. I have it planned down to the T. I'm picking them up from the airport in a limo myself.
1: Oh. It has to be flawless. One calamity. One shenanigan. One calamity.
0: (laughs) One shenanigan. Okay, so here we have our nice swanky party. And they're playing the music and everyone got this flyer that said punk party at the dean's mansion.
1: Yeah, we get to see punk rockers. So all the punks came out. I should also mention another favorite movie book is uh Punk Rock Movies where they list all the punk rock movies that have like rock, Repo punk Man rockers. and stuff. Repo Man and our our movie Surf 2 has a lot of pages in there. Uh well, are they cheap and they use clue cuz of Fe- fear because of leaving yeah there might be a paragraph he's he's uh okay yeah he's legacy why wouldn't you mention leaving no of
0: course you would i thought the thing is clue is not a punk movie you know what i mean so they're no. just listing the movies punks were in
1: well there's like you know anytime there's like punkers in the background like surf 2 they they have several pages and they talk to the directors uh, Eddie eddie's and even was flea in it uh, well, Flea had to be mentioned, you know, he did all those Penelope Shear movies.
0: What I mean use... was, I was kind of making a joke because it's not his time, but he would have been perfect in Surf 2. Oh,
2: the yeah. The end would...
0: of the trilogy.
1: We should, uh, we should petition. Flea, you must remake Surf 2 for us. Oh, you couldn't remake Surf 2, could you? Would
0: you have Eddie, what's his name, Eddie Dean? Eddie, Eddie Dean. Disa. Would you have him? He's still around. You uh, better back off. I'm
1: gonna. I, what oh, what kind of music? It. Oh, now he's dressed like a punk rocker. Looks like a uh, raccoon. Scissors him.
0: So basically, it's.
2: Uh,
0: um, the Dean doesn't even know yet. I can't hear you, Carl. Uh, well, the dean doesn't know. Okay, here comes the dean arriving to see it with his fundraiser for the punk party. That's the son of the guy who's going to die and be frozen. They they drove in a truck with the band, and now they're not doing Sid
1: Vicious at all.
0: You see it's pop
1: punk. It sounded like noise core a second ago. Oh, yeah? Oh,
2: yeah, a little
1: noise Oh, they had a pickup truck? Maybe it's pickup truck core. Flatbed truck. I used to love flatbed truck. We would tour, we
0: would go, we would go like on all to all their shows across the east coast and we would have a flatbed.
1: Wow, you follow Monster Flat Truck? That's I easy.
0: did follow Flatbed truck. Yes, I did. Literally, we were following this flatbed truck. Okay, so <laughs> it's hilarious, right? Right. It's, Hey, Dean here. Meet my girlfriend, who I don't know has herpes, and look how I'm unsettled as if I was just kissing her.
1: They make me want to shout. Put these are hands, not. Man. These are pretty lame punks. Yeah, look at these fake rent cops man. Fake rent oh, Arrest them. Well, I'm impatiently waiting.
0: Okay, now, did you see that Toshi was one of the ones in the disguise, okay? Right. So Toshi has, you know, every time they pull a prank or something, he's there getting dragged along, okay?
1: That's part of the plot later. Right, well, that's, that's kind of the Van Wilder thing more than Revenge of the Nerds, where Van Wilder has, like, an Asian sidekick who just doesn't get it. You know, he's, like, always one step behind. Right.
0: That is what this guy is. He's learning. He's learning. They're his good friend. Uh, he's learning not just about medicine, but, but about the human heart. And he'll bring that up later. But the reason it's a plot point for our film is the dean says, hey, this Toshi, you know, he per- ruined a rally. He had a punk party at my place. I could kick him out of the school. It'll be pressure on Parker Stevenson. Way to go. So the Dean's Lackey is getting dissed again. It's our same old joke. Okay, here's one flew over the cuckoo's nest guy. And uh, he's eating cat food. Do you think it, does he think he's at the vet? <laughs> no, he's just like uh, a patient there. I don't know. It's it, they. You know why we have this scene? Because they could get him. That's why. That's right. Yeah. Now, he had a role in Carrie as this, like, sarcastic English teacher, but we all know this guy from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Sidney Lassick is his name. Oh, I saw him in the credits. And he was all over TV. Uh, Should I bother? Yeah. I'll give you, like, two lines. Family, eight is enough. Beretta, Hawaii Five-O, Barney Miller, Matt Houston, what the hell's that? Moonlighting, Knots Landing, Dream On, The X-Files, he was all over. He was in that movie Deep Cover, he was in The Unseen, which was a horror film. It's really about One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest.
1: Well, isn't underseen the movie about that cowboy, like, he had, did some bad things in his life, and it just catches up with him?
0: Uncaithfulness.
1: No, it didn't
0: catch up with, no, it, didn't catch up with it didn't catch up with him. You
1: need to see the movie. I did, I saw on Facebook. But it won an Oscar. It's called Unforgiven because he's a murderer and he's
0: himself okay. He got he didn't get su- okay, the the, the widow die the wife dies. He's the a widow. widow. He doesn't have money for the farm. He's got two young kids and so they, you know, say they'll give him one more job. He used to kill people for money. So he went off with them. But it was like this whole moral trip you know, and um, I'll let you see it, I'll let you see it. All right, all okay. right. Robin, Brian Cranston's wife, the love interest here, uh, has made arrangements to go with a doctor to some, like, pres- you know, thing for the school, and, like, he's thinking it's a date and she doesn't. Okay, this is the first time that the dean and Parker Stevenson ever bump heads, and, uh, he says, like, why do you want to become a doctor? Why do you go here? You're not going to be a doctor. I'm going to see
1: that person. I would bump heads with Parker Stevenson. His hair is so soft and, and bouncy. He like, uh, like, wouldn't feel any of it. He
0: goes, dun-dun-dun-dun. I'm kicking you out of school. Dun dun, dun 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 I want to help people. dun 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 dun, dun. Uh, Get out. Great hospital... Employment, da, 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 da. unemployment line. You are fire. You are a do- doctor. Okay, nobody knows Green Acres. Okay, now we have the stupidest. It's just so, oh,
1: uh, so stupider.
0: Yes, there's a help, help. The, anybody who's studying medicine and knows about CPR, help, help. Anybody sure. who needs a plot point in their film and for All the love interest to like you, help,
1: help. This is what I mean, like by sin by uh, scenes, right? Some right. scenes are organic, some scenes come, and some scenes are just that, you know. Oh, now it's time for this scene,
0: right? Look, he's not even pushing his heart; he's not chest compressing him; he's pushing his stomach.
1: Yeah, that's how they did in the eighties. So look, the, the
0: teachers are having respect for him; the love interest is having respect for him.
1: Until the guy dies, and they're going to turn their back on.
0: Right. So what's happening here is Parker Stevens is going tickle, 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 tickle. and he's going. Ha, ha, ha. He starts to come back to life because he's laughs. Because laughter is the best medicine.
1: Really? I don't know. This Pat Satterman guy told me that, and I don't fuck off.
0: You know what? Laughter is the second best medicine. I mean, drugs, because drugs are the best medicine, right?
1: Yeah, uh, I've heard that joke all the time You have. I wrote that. Yeah
0: then I guess I haven't... Damn it, yeah. I thought I wrote that. Damn it. Well, it. It's It's been around. I mean, I'm sure you wrote it. I mean, I thought it up, but I mean, if somebody hears it and goes, I have heard that before, you know, you can't do that.
1: I even have a version of it. I opened my act with, hey, people say laughter is the best medicine, but actually, laughter is what you fuckers better do after every one of my goddamn jokes, right? <laughs> now Sorry. look, he gets a kiss. He gets a kiss. <gasps> She's thinking Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston, seeing my future husband, Brian Cranson.
0: Wow, look at the guy. She got a—he got a nice kiss, and now she's like, "I'm in love with you," but it won't oh, last, Mike. It won't last. He will get caught. He will get caught.
1: Don't tell Nancy Drew about this kiss.
0: <laughs>
1: She'll <laughs> get so sucks. pissed off.
0: Okay, so now. Uh, the doctor's like, braggadocious, braggadocious, I'm a big blowhard. And she just kissed the guy she fell in love with. So she's like, I'm pretending to be sick. Good night. Because she wants to run over and give Parker Stevenson another kiss.
1: But she'll Ben Wilder Parker- does that. Ben right. Wilder does that to all the women, too. They're all like, obnoxious, pull of himself, boyfriend. I'm just not interested. I'm going <laughs> to call in early. And I like the guy <laughs> He's crazy. He talks about my breast while shooting tequila. There's been a wow. lot of Van Wilder movies and none of them have been good. The, the first one's awful. The second one is awful. Well, the second one's tolerable. But then we they saw still... Van oh, no, we
0: didn't. We saw Van Helsing. Never mind.
1: Yeah, no, no. Not the vampire Van Helsing. Van Moff No, you're talking about National, National Lampoon. You can expel me from college? College is the best 18 years of my life. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Mr. Wilder, I know your father paid for the Wilder wing. Yeah, it's about time we saw some boobs.
0: So he's he's like, Hi Brian Cranston's wife, how was the show? Caught again.
1: Another of the actors guild? No, we're
0: doing they're practicing for that big uh what oh, I the say? pep rally. Pep rally, but what did I call it? Go it- down. Yeah, that's what they're getting oh. ready for. It's a showcase. It's a homecoming. What? No, it's a.
1: It's a house arriving.
0: Review. It's a review. It's a-
1: oh, the old medical review of '85. <laughs> yeah, it was a great article. I loved your review. <laughs> Hello, welcome to now? the medical school variety show, or as we like to call it pageant pageant that's pageant that's what it's called and the nut breakers nut diggers of 1985 now high plains drifters teaching him and i want you to know that high plains drifter is from
0: plainfield new jersey or he was born there i don't know if you, you mean know. high plain drifter right from the bc boys no no um he spent a lot of his youth in wrightswood california but he was born in plainfield i don't know the full backstory he was in Double Impact. He was Jod-Con Van Dam's bodyguard, as if that guy needs one.
1: Yeah, no, you, Van Dam did not need a bodyguard.
0: Oh, but, no, it was probably the other...
1: Wait, let me read it. Maybe uh, he played he, a bodyguard that got his ass kicked by yeah, Van Dam. Yeah, it says, yeah, he played a bodyguard. He wasn't Van Dam's bodyguard.
0: So now she's saying, listen... In the short time I've been back to school, I caught you doing this. I caught you doing that. I caught you doing this. I don't want to be person. I'm. I, mean, I do not want to be your mother. I don't want to keep catching you doing things. So let's just forget it.
1: Call it off. Uh, the maturity of this film now peaks. See, huh, huh? You yeah, know, it's like huh? you give it your parents. You give it your parents to see an R-rated film. See, Dad? Huh? There's some uh, story, right? Not just about tits.
0: Okay, now we have the blood drive and they've been pushing the blood drive on us. Now, the thing is, Parker Stevenson, when he sees blood, he faints. Mike, how's he going to be a doctor, if that's our plot point? How's he going to be a doctor? That's the plot point. So he faints, and then it's like, why did you come here if you knew you had faint? And he's like, I came here to see you. And she's like, whoa, this movie sucks.
1: Yeah, this movie, like, the, the- ghost of this movie that's walked out of the door the first first minute, like the spirit's gone.
0: Yeah, Alan Smithy is the spirit in the room because the ghost left.
1: So I'm yeah, not that's right. Yeah, Smithy. Well, okay. we mentioned this before. There was a Alan Burn Hollywood Burn, an Alan Smithy film which Al, uh, Arthur Miller directed, and it had a, Eric Idol playing a film director named Alan Smithy, yeah. who makes uh, such a bad film, they have to use the pseudonym, but it's actually his name.
0: Yeah, it was a very unfunny film. You made me see it with my Netflix queue. I'm still mad.
1: Oh yeah, well you, yeah, it's I saw it in a movie theater. Are you kidding me? The best mm-hmm. is the late Richard Jenny turning to the camera and saying, "Yeah, they were on the cover of Lame and Newsweek." Yeah, E A K, you know, like it was W-E-A-K, they would W E A K, weak person. Yeah, yeah, but they would narrate the story to the camera the entire time. Hmm. But the movie was bad, so it was kind of a promotional thing. They actually, Arthur Miller changed his name to Alan Smithy. And the director board said, you know what? We're kind of played out with this Alan Smithy. So now there's a new pseudonym. Oh, why bother saying you're played out? Just let it be. I mean, it's a... Yeah, but at this point, like, you know, you made a movie about it and Alan Smithy directed it. It's, It's done. Like, people want to hide behind a pseudonym.
0: Yeah,
1: all right, I gotcha. Or, you know, you get to watch uh, David Lynch's Dune on a 3 nights special event on NBC, and the director's listed as Alan Smithy. Wait, Dune? The guy who made Dune did that? For the television, like, broadcast, they mm-hmm. used an edit that he didn't like, so he, uh, David Lynch changed his name to Alan Smithy for the television area. Oh, so he did it, like, in protest, not I'm
0: embarrassed. He did it in pro. Okay, look, that's a toy uh, stethoscope, right? Right. That's the movie fart. So now they know that Parker Stevenson was in the dean's office getting information about the party, that the party was going to be held. It's flimsy and weak, but this is our plot.
1: So now they got him. Yeah. Animal, animal House, this is not. Right. Yeah. Uh Atlanta said had better? Look, he puts on his glasses to examine it. Well, oh, I can't believe it. I got this. I was this supposed to be a, a head half head. hour ago. I, I waited inside catering. I was at craft services all day. Eddie, Eddie <laughs> please. Just shoot the movie, Eddie.
0: So, I'm being witty with you. When do you get off work, uptight lady? Oh, well, it's the Dean's kiss-ass.
1: Yeah, there's not that many people, uh did you see her bust
0: it it's to the left of parker stevenson they did a they did a mod she modeled for it
1: oh wow yeah this is great camera work
0: he was defending parker stevenson but the dean would have none of it now he gets called in does the dean know i'm busy what time do you get off work toots don't bother sitting down this won't take long stevenson what's up doc
1: you're all right uh, your wisecracking veneer will now cease to be right
0: that's exactly what will happen because they're going to squeeze him with uh toshi you know we're going to kick toshi not we the dean is he's going to kick toshi out of the school because he did all of these unless you give me a full confession you leave the
1: school and I never see your face again. And he'll agree to it because he likes Toshi. Right. Well, that's that's, that's the party boy attitude. That's what you should do. Because he's a because good you leave guy. A hero in your, you leave a hero in your eyes. You, you took the bullet. Man, that's the one... I gotta tell you, the one thing about this movie, they do a great job ironing shirts. Yeah. That's yeah.
0: not... Common. That's a, I am so done
1: with this movie. That's the one great thing. Yeah. No, look at that. There's not a wrinkle. I mean, the wrinkles are natural that they're on his chest. That's how they're supposed to be. Will Smith producer guy looks pretty snappy, right? It's almost the 70s. There. He's consent. They got him. They got him. They got him. All right. was it Toshi. It was me. Let Toshi do uh, Revenge of the Nerds 2, Nerds in Paradise. I don't
0: know if he had exactly right. I don't know what else to tell you about this film. The tagline was "Malpractice Made Perfect," which doesn't make sense because they're not doctors.
1: Um, it was, did you ever see that one with Gilbert Gottfried and uh, Alan Arkin, "Bad Medicine"? It was about a medical school in in uh, Mexico.
0: No, should I?
1: No, but you uh, should. Uh, yeah, I mean, trying to get out. Given the opportunity to check it. I, mean, I don't think you should go and like take the effort to check off a box to get a video, a DVD of yeah. uh, bad medicine. And I'll watch but, it while I'm doing my work. But if you turn on your streaming service and you go to search and you type bad medicine and it's playing on Tubi and you have Tubi, watch Tubi. I don't know if
0: I have Tubi. I have free stuff on Roku. I have a Hulu
1: subscription for
0: my kids' right. college. I have Netflix because I paid for that. I have. Amazon, because I'm a prime amber and everything's like, oh, just pay us two ninety nine. Like they think up Then you Google free movies on. Okay, I'll stop complaining. Those are the ones I have. Amazon.
1: These other ones I'm mentioning, they're just as accessible as Roku. If you look for Tubi, T-U-B-I, it has okay. like a plethora of like great bad movies.
0: But is it a? Uh, uh, where can I find Tubi?
1: So I don't like we have the Amazon uh fire stick and uh, oh,
0: okay, okay.
1: Yeah, but it keeps telling me jokes. I'm like enough with the fire stick. All right, I get it. It's, I, get I just want to watch TV. Look, I've heard
0: this fire stick enough times.
1: But I just typed in to be in the search engine and it was it found the app and then you download the app and you you're good to go. But you have to pay. No, you don't. You just watch commercials every once in a while. Okay, I'll do it. Let me write app by it. And it has the best collection of, of movies, you know, uh, that this this show would appreciate. But uh, it's a great collection. Shout Factory had a DVD collection of like mystery science movies and weird movies, and right. Uh, and they have a, they sh- have a good chunk of their catalog as as uh, sh- uh, Shout Factory streaming TV mm-hmm. channel, and it's all on who who uh, Tubi. Then there's another one. Oh, what else do I watch? You know, do your library has streaming services. If you sign up with your library, you could probably get Hoopla Digital and Canopy with a K. And they're both pretty good. Yeah, I go uh, to the local library? And well, you know, you, you would up. use your library, you yeah, you use your library card to sign up online. Interesting. I do have a library card. I wonder if it's still does it ever expire? Who knows? no and you know what as you may or may not know i I moved around this great state of California be, because I am still living in the state uh I can use it my uh previous library card is still valid the state you're in la you can use it yeah and I could get an la I didn't you know, I wish I knew that in advance that I could get like a, a la uh, public library card when I was living in San francisco because I'm always down in la yeah I'm you down. Know, they, um, I went in and got my card, but I didn't have a mail yet that had my address on it. Mm-hmm. T- TMI, I'm sure. And I checked out like 18 books, and I was like, scan the first book, and it's like, do back September. Scan the second book, you have reached the limit. Scan oh. the third book, you have reached the limit. Scan the fourth book. And then at the end of the 14 books, I go and I say, excuse me, I was able to check out this book, but this book said that I need, that I had a, re- a quota, this book said I hit a quota. This book said I hit a quota. This. And then when I, they're like, yeah, well, you hit a quota. You can only check out one book at a time until we get your real address. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Let me tell you about the stupid movie. Oh, over. we're done. So,
0: so, no, I have to tell you. So, High Plains Drifter guy found out that the dean's kicking him out. So he's going to that guy. They're going to cryogenically freeze. And tell him, listen, I want you to talk to the dean and have him not kicked out. But this guy thinks that Ralph is a nurse. And he thinks Ralphie's a cute name for a girl. And he falls in love with Ralph. So it's it's a problem.
1: Well, yeah, nobody's perfect. Look now, at that.
0: lead to his death. But this, for some reason in this movie, he doesn't die. Now, I've seen this film several times. It's not explained how he dies. And then later, he's not dead. It doesn't make any
1: sense. He just collapses. That makes sense. Look at the wire. Yeah, that the, yeah,
0: that's so we're
1: hearing his heartbeat
0: and it increases, you know. Yeah. Now it popped off, and yeah, so they're gonna, I guess they're gonna think he's dead.
1: What a lich. What did he grab? Grab his junk? Oh I no, he's, empty, he's dying. Happened just. Oh, he's he went he a... up on
0: him and there was junk touching of the bodies, but I don't know
1: hey, Can we show a little respect for the dead guy in this movie? <laughs> He's not dead. So they hear the heartbeat
0: stop, so they run in there. Ralph's on the getaway. No one
1: notices Ralph.
0: There, Well, it's high plane strifter guy. Listen, he was in pink Cadillac, any which way you can. He was in Every Which Way But Loose, Thunderbolt, and Lightfoot, High Plains Drifter. This guy is Clint Eastwood's every Clint
1: Eastwood movie. Every Clint Eastwood movie from the 70s on. He was on Starsky and Hutch
0: and Walker, Texas Ranger, and Law and Order Criminal Contending. He was in Salem's Lot. He was in the A-Team. You know, blah, blah, blah. Murder, She Wrote, The X-Files, Highway to Heaven, Starsky and Hutch, Walker, Texas Ranger. I said that. Bonanza, Gunsmoke, Mission Impossible, Barney Jones, Morgan Mindy Lou Grant i forever with this guy. But you don't appreciate the uh, A-Team. Well, it had Mr. T on it, and that was stupid, even when I was a kid. It wasn't
1: cool. It had was, true. I pity the pole fool. He was. You a never girl. as a kid said, wait a minute, is that the guy from Breakfast at Tiffany's? Man, is that guy fallen. I can't wait to watch this movie. That's you got from of- Aubrey Hepburn to Three Dudes in a Man.
0: The guy from Rocky three, wait, Rocky two was with Mr. T.
1: No, three, yeah, okay, okay. Rocky two, he
0: went up against Apollo again. Which one Mm -hmm. had uh, Russia guy?
1: Russia guy was four, okay, and then Tommy Gunn was five, I guess. Yeah, I never saw five, but I saw six, unfortunately. Rocky, the ripoff,
0: Rocky five, right? Which was Tommy Gunn, he it had like one of those uh. Who's that boxing promoter with the crazy hair and saying, I love America, everything America? Oh, yeah. Don they King. Have that, yeah, King, Don King. So they have that character in it, right? And it's like he loves that Rocky and Tommy are gonna fight because they, you know, are contentious together. He's against each other. He'll make a lot of money. But what they start to do is they start to fight on the street. And so Don is like, No, 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 now in the ring, in the ring. And Tommy's like ready to scrap, you know. So that's it's it's fun. King is like seeing all his money go away. Yeah, they're gonna fight right here out front of the, you know, it's always sunny in Philadelphia.
1: You know, uh, the only the only reference I have to Rocky Five is your parody of it for Fishburgers, the public access <laughs> television show we Ooh, did in New Jersey Stick a boo. Hey, little, little rock. Little stick-a-boo. rock.
0: I kept knocking everyone out because my brain was cracked. Oh, okay, well, you,
1: still- you you
0: would punch the kid and he goes, Snow Rock. Yeah. Well, you know, they had the X ray of me and you can see that little crackety crack on my brain. It's like his brain's fried. Okay. So now they're all getting the good news uh, that he can get reinstated and they're going to make a deal if he keeps the snow clean. And you know, Clint Eastwood, guys, like, we have to go to the pageant. The pageant is now. and Right. That, okay, did you see the guy in the back of the truck? That's the dead guy. Why is he not dead? Why is he alive in the back of this ambulance? And why is he dressed up like Ralph? It doesn't make sense.
1: They must have just ran out of steam. Or maybe there's just a joke of it, the chaos of it.
0: Yeah, but there was should have been a scene in which he goes, Oh, you're not oh wait, there was a scene in which he was in the Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we are we don't learn that he's alive there. I guess I was talking. There's a scene right before that when they're in the morgue and he was like, Oh, you're not dead. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Okay, so guess what? The pageant is canceled because Dean is an asshole who does whatever he wants. And he canceled the pageant see they're all in their costumes they're parts of the human body uh he canceled the pageant so that they could do the cryogenic freezing of the man who just died okay you with me no not at all but i like the hypodermic needle guy yeah well that's toshi now um at the beginning of the movie we learned that this guy is going to cryogenically freeze someone start a cryogenic unit on his hospital and the uh, in the university and that will give them lots and lots of funding. So Deans, this kind of
1: thing is coming to fruition. This guy must have been a golfer. Did you see that crazy golf player hat? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was upside down and there was a golf ball on it. At first I thought it was Groucho Marks and then I said, oh yeah, this is Stitches. Oh right, I'm watching Stitches. Now one of the great I maybe it's a little too on the nose. One of the great things about this movie is spell, say Stitches backwards. Okay. Stitches. says tits sex says tits,
0: tits. Stitches. let me look at this again putting well, on st- my reading glasses
1: yeah yeah I know I know Carl sex. listen the first four letters are s-t-i-t which backwards is tits, tits. so stitches is s-e-c-h-c H-E. which sex. sounds like sex sex tits sex tits Google that. Uh, okay. Sex tits. Oh my god, Google killed itself. Wow. Oh shit, that's that's my wife. Damn it. I'll be
0: I right back. Her, your wife serves sex tits? She's she's a animated gif on sex tits. <laughs> this is this sucks. Oh Sandy. Okay, so now we have the dean going, ha! pompous pompous we're gonna bring this guy back to life and then they have song, the choir singing like he's going to heaven he'll be right back and then we have our cryogenic
1: hank oh i love this this, is, this movie has a lot of musical numbers we have the punk rockers we have yeah, this
0: music well i mean our it's music. a choir
1: singing oh boy What's with the dry ice? That's yeah, like, as if
0: the machine's not sealed and that stuff's seeping out, right?
1: Right, like, I mean, not since King Kong is, a, this is the most ridiculous thing I've seen on stage. Remember King Kong, they bring King Kong and you're like, guys, look at this ape we we chained to the wall of the theater. Right, like, as if he can't get out. Right, but as if I'm going to watch that, like, for six minutes going, this is amazing entertainment. Well, it is a, if it was in real life and you saw, you wouldn't,
0: this is the biggest freak show of the world, right? You wouldn't pay $35 to see King 1939,
1: Communist. I would pay a nickel to watch a giant ape chained to a wall. And <laughs> then uh, the comedy vaudevillian act of Wistern Steiner. And then, uh, you know, Zigfried Girls. Okay. By
0: so since they canceled the pageant, of people got pissed off because they were being inspired by our cool guys and they're invading the cryogenic uh, the, the cryogenic ceremony and the, their trump card is they've got the guy who's supposed to be dead he's alive that's the big trump card huh. now who's in there
1: Uh, uh, Elsa?
0: Uh, look, it's just Bones. Oh, no. How embarrassing. There he is. You're in trouble, he says. But why is the dean in trouble? He heard this guy had died. It's all part of the deal. They were going to cryogenically
1: freeze him. Yeah. Why are the
0: dancers dancing on the stage?
1: Listen, at this point, I'd be like, you call yourself a dean of a medical school. Right? Yeah. Yeah
0: Dead guy He goes Yay Yay our team Yay Yay. I'm taunting you I'm taunting you like Eddie Murphy Taunts the criminal
1: Right (laughs) Eddie Albert's like where's the exit to this movie Yeah this is it we're exiting Yeah we're done All right, I'll wait here. Get a teamster to take (laughs) me home.
0: We've got to have our epilogue, you know, in which he's like, guys, we should, don't you think we ought to fly, go straight and fly right or whatever it's called? And they go, nah.
1: And (laughs) they freeze frame?
0: That would be perfect, stupid
1: movie. No,
0: they don't freeze frame, but.
1: What about if uh, Eddie Eddie Albert is like, whoa, we're going to reassign you to be Dean of uh more. arctic wasteland
2: what?
0: Yeah, right. what so now he's giving his speech like okay it's all wrapped up and we're the winners so now we're gonna fly right and be cool and get through medical school right guys fly
1: straight
2: yeah,
1: like these are great outfits and golfers uh doctors right. do take wednesday off for golf what he's, he's a golfer because he's a he's a doctor
0: I Doctor's gotta get cold. the I gotta get the napping. Uh, they broke the a camera. Rock.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, that's freeze a big... frame. It is a freeze frame. It's it's a dumb freeze frame because it's of a it's of a landscape.
1: Well, it's a cheap one too because you have a fountain with moving water. You might as well just keep the camera running.
0: Right. You either freeze frame on them all running out. You catch their smiley faces or something, or. Let it roll. Okay! Don't bother I really can't, what this I
1: movie This movie took a big shit at the last second by looking right in the camera going, nah. Eh.
2: <laughs>
1: like in Crank 2, High Voltage, uh, Jason Statham, he won't die and he's not completely on fire and he turns to the camera and while his body in flame he, he gives the middle finger with his flaming finger. Wow. And the movie ends. It's like saying, fuck you audience for enjoying this Right. Group. Exactly <laughs> right. Yeah, well, ladies and gentlemen, Carl. Yeah. Do I even? Do I need to? Which take uh, of this one? I
0: okay. I learned a lot from watching this film. I learned about the Tubi app. Uh, right. I learned to. I'm gonna see uh, Bob Hope's appearance in Spies Like Us, and I got a gated community joke. Uh, that uh, you know, That's... I live in a gated community because we all have the vaccine, and now Bill Gates, he's got us microchips. We're all gated.
1: We're all gated. Wow, that's three great things for this movie. Yeah, uh, I actually have Worth some good. I have some good things to say about this movie.
2: Okay.
1: I was able to get rid of my gated community joke. I felt really good about that.
2: Yeah,
1: i Yeah. Uh, I I I have to see Pale Rider. It's it's a uh, prerogative, and then you know maybe High Plains Drifter, and maybe I should cut Clint with a little bit of slack, you know. And, and the outlaw. Josie will. Hello, Josie
2: will.
0: Must
1: see that. That's a journey. Maybe a return visit to Un. Forget forgotten. <laughs> Unforgiven. Unforgivable.
0: Unforgiven, and that's a DR for getting Clint Eastwood. Don't watch that movie first. Don't don't you dare watch that movie.
1: First. Don't you appreciate the irony that I don't remember the movie title? <laughs> yes forgotten. the good bad and the ugly is where you start
0: okay that's where you start and then know, you...
1: i'm very familiar with the good to bad and the ugly and yeah. for a few dollars more and fistful yeah yeah so yep. fistful, not fistful of dynamite fistful of
0: dollars exactly right a fistful of dollars then you get to the outlaw Josie wales then you see high plane no high plane strifter would come next
1: t-s-o-l <laughs> All
0: right, I'm going to Amazon. I'm getting these things shipped to you, but you got to go in the order I give you. <laughs> all
1: right, yeah. Listen, I can I can find these movies. I'll find. I'll go to the Los Angeles Public Library. Jesus, you should see how they treat their video cassettes. They're like, uh, they're all scared. the D- DVD cases are locked. They're all like four day rentals. Oh really? Check. What is the next movie? I'm still complaining. Oh, special oh. thanks to Anheuser-Busch for their neon sign for the bar scene. <laughs> All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, that has been a really bad movie. Yeah. Uh, Stitches. It has the word tits in it, but and there's tits in it, so we can't fault it for that. Uh, next week, we are going to continue not watching shitty movie. Well, yeah, whatever. We, we had a good time watching uh, Mick Jagger act, so we want to see more uh, rock stars act and got um, you got you got to go with a Sting movie so i i looked around and the one Sting movie starring Sting that's free on youtube is Brimstone and Treacle in 1983 or something like that
0: Wrinkle, 1983 got it let's strip the let's skip the trailer if it's all right okay alright Well, your- you can get stung it's sting
1: In Tombstone Tinkle, 1983. In a world of brimstone and treacle, comes a maudlin. Scary, I don't know. All right, well, that's the movie. Jennifer Beale. We all know this film, but we never really seen it. Or we must have seen it back in 82 and then forgot about it. And forgot about it. I will be remembering it two or three times now. Thanks, Mike yep you got it well that's our so that's our movie uh we want to thank mutiny radio for being super awesome and you being super awesome if you're listening to mutiny radio right now or and at any time and you can check out more at mutinyradio.fm uh yeah. we we like all the shows and yeah maybe this sunday tonight there might be a free uh live comedy show uh being broadcast you never know always always well monday and fridays for certain uh, and then Carl, can be, you? Could, your live shows are listed on carlsucks.com. I don't know that it's updated. I'll have to do it now that you've reminded me. I'm writing it down. Yeah. Well, I don't know when this, uh, we did record this a little bit earlier, uh, than airtime. I'm, I'm not sure the airtime for this one, but I will be in San Francisco for a Comedy Day, performing sketch comedy in Colgate Park, and that's on September 19th. I'm looking forward to that. Very nice. Yeah. Gotta be safe, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. all right well ladies and gentlemen that has been stitches from 1985 mm-hmm. and lwaflmoyt from 2016 to present day uh go ahead and subscribe to our podcast check out our youtube channel lwaflmoyt last week's episode with head or let's a few weeks ago that's uh posted and uh as well as some other movies so check it out yeah. subscribe to that channel We take the movie we watched, we take the audio and and Carl syncs it together. It's a good job. Uh, And that's it. So thank you, Carl. Thank you, audience. Uh, We will see you next week. Thank you, Mike.
0: Sting you next time.
1: Sting you next time. (laughs) Let's
0: watch a full-length movie on YouTube
2: with Mike
0: Spiegelman Watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike
2: Spiegelman.
0: strudels! You should follow me on Twitter. It's Jokes de Carle. My, Uh that's the French duh, not the
5: duh <laughs> duh.
0: Now let's watch a full-length movie my, on YouTube with Michael.
3: Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Weekly Review with Roman. Today happens to be Thursday, September 9th, recording a day early today. Uh, I'll be out tomorrow, but uh, wanting to uh, share some news and music with you all today. Thanks so much for tuning in. Start off with some music as we always do. 100,000 Fireflies by The Magnetic Fields, uh, followed by Aquarius, Let the Sun Shine In by The Fifth Dimension, and played those songs because uh, one of the singers from The Magnetic Fields uh, Susan Anway passed away recently, and for um, Aquarius Let the Sunshine In, which is such an amazing song, uh, there's a great documentary that I encourage folks to see if you haven't already called uh, Summer of Soul that is on Hulu, and uh, it's just so, just so good. I don't have the right words for it, but just highly, highly recommend checking that out. And that was one of the performances, uh, the Fifth Dimension, were one of the bands that were featured in that. Documentary, and uh, such a good, great song. Um, just feeling like, ugh, uh, it, I mean, that song almost seems, uh, like the opposite of, uh, all that's happening right now. There's so much death and, um, just personally, I've known a lot of folks who have lost people very recently, like three people who've lost their parents, so wanting to honor them, um, recently, that is. Elaine, and Jim, and Don, um, folks who should still be here. And, uh, it just seems so backwards that, uh, we live in a world where so many people who have spent their time helping people are not here yet. Uh, folks like Henry Kissinger are still alive, Robert Murdoch and uh, Charles Koch, and like all these, you know, war profiteers and people who have used their time on this planet to make things more difficult. For people and have uh, promoted a lot of hate and bigotry and cruelty and death, and it just seems so backwards. And I say that on the show all the time. It just feels so disturbing. It's what we're, we're living in, and also for Diana Deborah who recently passed away I'm far too young, and uh, it was just have uh, weird when you have like memories of people. And it's like maybe only in passing, but just like a kind of essence or uh kindness that they bring Diane brought that and also a sense of humor and it's just to it feel. So, uh, just really sad. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Mentally, um, we'll be sharing some new stories of things that are happening. Some things that are pretty egregious, um do this because it's important just to have an understanding of what is happening in the world and how we can push back against it to create a more equitable world where everyone, uh, can feel safe. <laughs> it seems so far from the world that we're living in though, right now, especially now, but I think it's, it's possible. It's definitely possible. It's just a matter of what can be done to get us there. So we're broadcasting from Mutiny Radio. We're on Ramaytush, Ohlone land, and for more information, go to ramaytush.org, and that's R-A-M-A-Y-T-U-S-H.org. You can donate, as well as learn about the history, and we also have a land acknowledgement tab on our page at weeklyrev.org with uh, more links as well. So please do check out those sites. So I'm going to start off with the article that, uh, I mean, every day there's another reason to dislike cops, right? Am I wrong? No, I'm not. Um, I'm one of those people who I would love to be wrong. I would love to be like, Oh wait, I've been wrong about this, this entire thing. And I would hope that I would be like, Oh, okay. Let me, you know, unpack my beliefs and everything and, uh, apologize for being wrong. And in this case, uh, every day, just like this living with this militarized police force. Also another great, um, documentary I wanted to recommend is called Roller dreams. And that's also, I'm gonna make sure I'm saying that correctly. That was also on Hulu. And it was about roller skating on Venice Beach in, like, the 80s and early 90s. Yeah, Roller Dreams. It's on uh, Hulu as well. And it was just really well done. And, um, you know, every time something's going well, it seems like uh, militarization of police seems to be one thing that prevents um, positive things from continuing to happen. And just also, I mean, not just that, but also the... Greed, and white supremacy, and the idea of gentrification, and folks coming over and taking over land, and kicking people out, and trying to profit off that. It's just, it's so fucking sickening. This is an article that came out on September 8th, um, from Stan Levin, from The Guardian UK, and there's also a lot of pushback against The Guardian, um, because they're fucking transphobic as hell, so I did want to also comment on that. Um, this story aside, um, says, uh, Title, Revealed, LAPD Officers Told to Collect Social Media Data on Every Civilian They Stop. That sounds totally normal, right? <sighs> An internal police chief memo shows employees were directed to use field interview cards, which would then be reviewed. And again, it's like, who are, who are giving them these orders? I have a good friend who has reminded me. Um, it's important to focus one's anger and rage against the folks who are telling the cops what to do in the first place and are hiring them and are funding them. Uh, The Los Angeles police department has directed its officers to collect the social media information of every civilian they interview, including individuals who are not arrested or accused of a crime. According to records shared with the guardian. Copies of the field interview cards that police complete when they question civilians reveal that LAPD officers are instructed to record a civilian's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and other social media accounts, alongside basic biographical information. An internal memo further shows that the police chief, uh, Michael Moore... Uh, but not the Michael Moore, this is a Michael without the A in his in the first name, uh, told employees that it was critical to collect the data for use in quote-unquote investigations, arrests, and prosecutions and warned that supervisors would review cards to ensure they were complete. Um, how about we uh, review uh, police? How about their uh, social media? When they're, I mean... Uh, let me continue. The documents which were obtained by the not-for-profit organization the Brennan Center for Justice have raised concerns about civil liberties and the potential for mass surveillance of civilians without justification. There are real dangers about police having all of this social media identifying information at their fingertips, said Rachel levinson Waldman, deputy director at the Brennan Center, noting that the information was probably stored in a database that could be used for a wide range of purposes. The Brennan Center conducted a review of 40 other police agencies in the U.S., and was able to find another department that required social media collection on interview cards, though many have not publicly disclosed copies of the cards. The organization also obtained records about the LAPD's social media surveillance technologies, which have raised questions about the monitoring of activist groups, including Black Lives Matter. In 2015, the department added social media accounts as a line on the physical field interview cards, according to a newly unearthed memo from the previous LAPD chief Charlie Beck. Similar to a nickname or an alias, a person's online persona or identity used for social media can be highly beneficial to investigations, he wrote. Meanwhile, like neo Nazis are like flooding the internet with all their fucking hate and, and violence. If they actually fucking cared about, you know, protecting people, they would they would, you know, know who to go after. While the social media collection has gone largely unnoticed, the LAPD's use of field interview cards has prompted controversy. Last October, prosecutors filed criminal charges against three officers in the LAPD's Metro Division, accusing them of using the cards to falsely label civilians as gang members after stopping them. That unit also has a history of stopping black drivers at disproportionately high rates, and according to the LA Times, has more frequently filled out cards for black and Latino residents they stopped. Meanwhile, more than half of the civilians stopped by Metro officers and documented in the cards were not arrested or cited, the Times reported. The fact that a department under scrutiny for racial profiling was also engaged in broad-scale social media account collection is troubling, said Levinson Waldman. Furthermore, when police obtain social media usernames, it opens the door for officers to monitor an individual's connections and, quote-unquote, friends online, creating additional privacy concerns. It allows for a huge expansion of network surveillance, said levinson waldman noting how police and prosecutors have previously used Facebook photos and likes to make dubious or false allegations of criminal gang activity. Hamid Khan of the Stop LAPD Spying Coalition noted that the LAPD also shares data with federal law enforcement agencies through fusion centers and has previously used predictive policing technologies that rely on data collected by officers in the field, and which can criminalize communities of color. This is like stop and frisk, he said, of the use of field interview cards. And this is happening with the clear goal of surveillance. The LAPD, he noted, has allowed officers to pose undercover to investigate groups, meaning officers can create fake social media accounts to infiltrate groups. Oy. Dr. Melina Abdullah, co-founder of Black Lives Matter LA, said she had long suspected the LAPD conducted targeted tracking of specific groups or individual accounts, but was surprised to learn of the default collection of this information in everyday encounters. She fears this could be part of a massive surveillance operation. The copies of the cards obtained by the Brennan Center also revealed that police are instructed to ask civilians for their social security numbers, whoa, and are advised to tell interviewees that it must be provided under federal law. Kathleen Kim, a Loyola law professor and immigrants rights expert who previously served on the LA Police Commission, said she was not aware of any law requiring individuals to disclose social security numbers to local police. And she said she was shocked to learn about the social security section on the cards, noting that it was so antithetical to the department's own policies and clearly violated the spirit of sanctuary laws, which are supposed to prevent officers from asking civilians their immigration status. The LAPD had previously taken steps to ensure it was not requesting place-of-birth information to improve trust with undocumented communities, she said. The LAPD told The Guardian on Tuesday that the field interview card policy was being updated, but declined to provide further details. The revelations of broad social media data collection also raised concerns about how police monitor activists. The Brennan Center obtained LAPD documents related to GeoFedia, a private social media monitoring firm that partners with law enforcement and has previously marketed itself as a tool to monitor BLM protests. One internal document, which is updated, oh, excuse me, which is undated, but appeared to be several years old, listed the keywords and hashtags that the LAPD appeared to be monitoring throughout GeoFedia, and they were almost exclusively related to Black Lives Matter and similar leftist protests. It included hashtag BLMLA, hashtag SayHerName, Sandra Bland, Tamir Rice, hashtag FuckDonaldTrump, and the names of people killed by LA police that prompted major protests. The list did not include any hashtags for right-wing demonstrations and far-right movements, which have grown increasingly violent in recent years in the region. The context in which these search terms were used is unclear from the records provided, and the LAPD did not respond to questions. The city attorney's office said the LAPD stopped using Geofedia around 2017 and that the agency did not have a current list of keywords for social media monitoring. Abdullah, who helped organize around many of the hashtags the LAPD was monitoring, noted that BLM's actions were nonviolent. They're following black protesters who are organizing to stop violence and saying, stop killing us, and uh, and are and are they turning a blind eye to those who are actually violent, the white supremacist organizations that are growing in number? In a 2016 memo to LAPD included in the records, another social media tracking company, Data Miner, and that's, data, that's a Miner without the E, listed under Success Stories, it's tracking of a LA protest outside a jail, saying the firm uncovered the first images of people at the protest, as well as it's tracking of a protest featuring a giant blow up statue of Trump. The local news site LA Taco reported last week that LAPD has used Data Miner to monitor last year's BLM protests for George Floyd. Jacinta Gonzalez, uh, an organizer with the advocacy group Mi and Jacinta's been a guest on the show um, um, a few years ago, um, said the LAPD records appeared to fill a pattern of how police in America respond to protest organizations. There's a long history of law enforcement using surveillance, whether in person, or through digital technologies to attack black and Latino movements fighting for racial justice. The Brennan Center's records further revealed the LAPD is now seeking to use technology from a new company, Media Sonar, which also attracts social media for police. Fuck them. And if you're working for any of these companies, go seriously quit your job. That's the it's the best case scenario. I mean, just leave. In the 2021 budget, the LAPD allotted $73,000 to purchase media sonar software to help the department address a potential threat or incident before its occurrence. The extent of the LAPD's media sonar use is unclear, but the company's communications with the LAPD have raised questions. In one message, the firm said its services can be used to stay on top of drug-slash-gang-slash-weapon slang keywords and hashtags, Levinson-Waldman said you feared the company or police would misinterpret quote-unquote slang or lack proper context on local groups and language. And she noted research showing that online threats made by gang-affiliated groups largely don't escalate to violence. MediaSonar also told the LAPD it's, it offers pre-built keyword groups to help jumpstart implementation of threat models and helps police cast a wide net. Ugh. The firm also said it would provide a full digital snapshot of an individual's online presence, including all related personas and connections. The messages from Media Sonar suggested that the department needed significant safeguards to ensure that keywords didn't dis- disparately target marginalized communities and checks to ensure the data was accurate, Levinson Waldman said. Records show that the LAPD has requested federal funding for Media Sonar for quote unquote terrorism prevention. Aren't the police the ones who are going around killing people? All right. Ugh, but some advocates are concerned it would be used for protests. In March <coughs> Excuse me. In March, a city council report analyzing the LAPD's response to BLM protests recommended the department purchase software to analyze social media content. Media sonar did not respond to inquiries about its relationship with the LAPD. The LAPD did not respond to requests for comment about Media Sonar. So again, this article is from uh, Sam Levin from the Guardian UK, and we'll be posting a link to this on our website over at weeklyrev.org. I'm going to sip some water, uh, rest my voice a bit, and let's listen to some more music. So this is a song called Galacticana by Strand of Oaks. I
5: believe it, it's
3: All right, that was "Love Is the Law" by the Suburbs. Before that, we heard "Silly Girl" by the Descendants, and before that, Vokes with Black Decana. Coming up next, uh, I'm going to stay on the same theme, and it's a thread, a very helpful thread I read recently on Twitter from Alec Caricatessanus. Karak- Karakata- Carat, really, this is what happens when uh, one doesn't. uh, edit their shows, you get to hear me try out names and, uh, sometimes mispronounce them. Alec Karak, Sanus. oh, I didn't think it was going to be that rough. My apologies. Anyway, um, really informative uh, person to follow on Twitter. You can follow Alec at, at Equality Alec. Updated thread. You're going to hear a lot about how cops need more resources because crime is surging, and that's in quotation marks, in the next few months. It's propaganda and here's how you can respond. So this is super helpful because, uh, I find it's just, uh, there's so much misinformation out there and it's really helpful to have, if you're able to, to respond to the, the lies, um, it's helpful to have ways to do so. And this thread came out on August 4th of this year. And I'll also share, uh, a link to this on our page. First, what constitutes a crime is determined by people in power who have a lot of money. And see, and then there's, and there's a link to another thread. And the first part of that is a few thoughts about crime. Uh, the concept of crime is created and manipulated by people who have power. Throughout U.S. history, powerful people have defined crime in ways that benefit wealthy people and white people. The next uh, second, the cops manipulate crime stats for political reasons. Cops don't even count the violent and sexual crimes that cops commit which would entirely reverse the crime stats in every city and state. If all the crimes committed by police and jail-slash-prison guards was counted, it would completely change police crime stats that these experts, and experts then quotation marks, uh, regurgitate in the media to support police propaganda. Third, police ignore most quote-unquote crime. They only look for some crime committed by some people in some places. A school fight in a poor neighborhood is recorded as a crime, but a fight in a wealthy private school is not. And then there's a post, I uh, read hundreds of examples here. And let's click on this link here. This is one of those threads that there's so many different links and there's so many, uh, paths to go down. And this links to an article from the Yale Law Journal, the Punishment Bureaucracy, how to think about criminal justice reform. And this was written in March of 2019. And, uh, it looks like a lot of, uh, Many, his many quotes, and it's a very long article here, but I recommend checking that out, and that's also linked in our thread here. Fourth, police have incentives to focus on some crimes, and again, crimes is in quotation marks, and not others. They make billions of dollars in overtime for low-level arrests. This is one reason cops have ignored hundreds of thousands of untested rape kits while making record, record drug arrests for decades. then there's a link to uh, an article by Corey Rayburn-Young, How to Lie with Rape Statistics, from the Iowa Law Review. (sighs) Fifth, police corruption in search of extra cash and weapons affects all of what cops do and what they tell us about what they do. For example, police take more property through civil forfeiture than all property crimes combined. I want to... In my alternate, in an alternate universe, um, I've got nothing against wheat pasting. I feel like I, I just should get my shit together and do it, and or get some folks together to do it. But I feel like so many of these great pieces of information would be great just to like put them around the city on walls, just so like folks can like see them and just see the truth of what's out there, as opposed to like the lies that are just oftentimes printed in the paper and and discussed everywhere. But yeah, that's uh, I think that that's a really important one to. Uh, Comment on and if you get sucked into any of those Twitter threads about having to how police are helpful, you can say how they actually cause uh, more more theft than anyone else, take more property through civil forfeiture than all property crimes combined. Yeah, Ugh. sixth, only four percent of all cop time goes to what they call quote unquote violent crime, and cops are terrible at solving quote unquote violent crime. Overwhelming evidence establishes that cops in prisons actually increase future crime. So cops are terrible at preventing harm. And then they provide a link of how do police actually spend their time in the New York Times. Seventh, what cops call quote-unquote crime is different from what causes harm. For example, tobacco kills 40, 480,000 people every year in the U.S., including 41,000 from secondhand smoke. These preventable deaths dwarf police-related data on deaths from the drugs cops call crime. Eight. Eighth, the same is true of water and air pollution for fraudulent and fraudulent home foreclosures, all of which cause huge death rates that kill far more people than what cops call homicides. Ninth, wage theft. That's a big one. Wage theft by employers isn't in crime stats because it's almost never investigated by cops but it costs low-wage workers an estimated $50 billion a year, dwarfing the cost of all cop-reported robberies, burglaries, larcenies, and car thefts combined. Tenth, did you know that rich banks make about as much in fraudulent overdraft fees as all of what police call property crime combined in the U.S.? Did you know that none of this makes it into police property crime statistics? And then there's a link from prospect.org. Big banks charged million, billions, excuse me, billions in overdraft fees. Let me finish. Let me click on this so I can finish reading the headline. Big banks charged billions in overdraft fees during the worst months of the pandemic. That was from April of 2021 by Alexander Salmon, S A M M O N from uh, American, the American Prospect. Oof. Next, 11th. There are millions of yearly white-collar crimes by big corporations and the wealthy people who own them, but police don't put them in their crime stats. Read more here about why cops distort the concepts of crime and actual harm. And then there's a link to an article from currentaffairs.org. Excuse me. And the title is Why Crime Isn't the Question and Police Aren't the Answer. I may have to read that on the air later. Next. 12th. Police will say, but even if crime is politicized, and even if violent crime is actually down in 2021, shootings are up. Well, gun sales are up 40%, and we're in a global pandemic mental health crisis. Murder is a problem, but not one related to more cops. Thirteenth, the initial 2021 trend of more shootings is especially accelerated in places that increase police funding, and almost no city decreased police funding significantly. See a few examples. Read here. Fourteenth. Almost all reporting about a crime surge uses low base rates so that percentage changes can appear high. An increase of 10 shootings to 12 shootings is reported as a 20% increase. Fifteenth. Media often focuses on month to month or year-to-year numbers, emphasizing different crimes at different times if one goes up, obscuring larger trends like this. We have among the lowest murders in the last 50 years. And other countries have, with fewer cops have way fewer murders. 16th, cops slash media, thus cherry-pick data. The result of this manipulation is one of the big scandals of our time. One of the big scandals of our time. For decades, the public has hugely overestimated crime rates. And then, there's a link to this article. Um, many Americans are convinced crime is rising in the U.S. They're wrong but their, fair, their fear makes everyone less safe. And that's from 538, and it was written by Maggie Korth. That's K-O-E-R-T-H. Next, 17th. There is no evidence that cops in prison reduce any crime, especially that they reduce crime, quote-unquote, relative to other alternatives. Think about what could have been done to help people without the trillions of dollars spent on on the war on drugs. And then there's a thread about the war on drugs. <sighs> I'd read that, but I'd probably get too angry. As opposed to now, I'm just kind of medium angry. Eighteenth. People telling you to give more cash to cops because of crime don't count the costs. Millions of arrests. Millions of separated kids. Millions of lost jobs. Homes. Medical appointments. Tens of millions of police assaults. Hundreds of millions of criminal records. Nineteenth. Those calling for more cash for cops don't tell you that the trillions of dollars spent on police prisons has been used by cops for total surveillance and to infiltrate and crush every single movement for social justice in the past 100 years. And that totally just corresponds to the last article we read. 20th the the idea of soaring crime after a few dozen more shootings without reporting how many people died from unstable housing lack of access to health care pollution or malnutrition is how elites keep us focused on solutions of control and profit and not liberation finally not all human tragedy is preventable but quite a lot of it is i feel that and accepting propaganda on crime and police data about that concept as a proxy for holistic public safety is the original sin of most writing in this topic. Uh, read more, uh, at, uh, the, the Twitter handle is in interrupt C R I M interrupt crim, uh, and fight back against propaganda that wealthy interests and cop unions are feeding us. And then, Oh, um, this person just did the citations podcast and, um, Ooh, we may have to, uh, play that. Let's just do that then. I did have some articles lined up and I'm also talking a lot and it's super important to get other people's voices on here. So let's play this. This is episode 142, the summer of anti-Black Lives Matter backlash and how, let's see what the full title is. And how the concept of crime were shaped by that property class. This is a bit long, so let's start playing it and see what we get here.
2: Hmm.
6: Eleventh, one, quote and subway attacks put crime at the center of NN, mayor's race. Two weeks later, the New York Times came back made with this quote: "A year after George Floyd, pressure to add police." And then, just a couple days later, May twenty fifth, twenty twenty one, CNN had this quote on the police distant as violent. The next month, June twenty fourth, twenty twenty one, you had Reuters with defying fund police calls. To Democrat Eric Adams. On July tenth, Washington Post ran an opinion piece by Professor Raymond J. Laraja with the headline: "The New York Mayoral Primary is." Voters are in it. It talks about "quote unquote" coalition that Democratic primary frontrunner for.